And welcome back to 90.7 WCLH, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, Hazleton. This is Lindsay Scorey. You're listening to the second ever episode of Telling the Untold Stories of Wilkes. This episode I am super excited for because we are going to be talking about the literary crisis and the importance of literature and a potential book club coming to Wilkes. So today I am joined in the studio with Bree Ebish and Hannah Simerson. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Okay, I'm going to go first. Um, I'm Brianna. I usually go by Brie. I am a senior communications major. I have minors in women, gender studies, and English, so no surprise. I read a lot. Um, In terms of how I got into reading, I think I was always a reader. My parents read to me a lot when I was little. I had a shout out to my parents who are probably going to listen to this. I had a little (laughs) Toy Story book that was read to me every night, and my parents would try and like pretend they read the whole part by like moving by like skipping pages and I knew they would skip pages so that's how I got the book was like falling apart you called them out yes and I that's how all my books were read when I was little so I read a lot I was like the kid Hannah and I talked in our podcast about I was a kid in my class was like all right I was um I can't speak AR points (laughs) I like read I read so many books I had like 100 AR points I always got the little star at the end of the year um and it's kind of I don't say tapered off since I got to high school but I've always made time to read because I enjoy it um, but it really started probably with my parents and then I just kind of stuck with it and that's where I ended up in the comm field because I don't think if I read as much I wouldn't have written as much and that's kind of how it all flowed. But yeah, I oh. say it started when I was really young, but yeah, that's where I am. That's amazing. Miss <laughs> Hannah? Yes, so I'm Hannah Simerson. I'm a senior English and communication studies here at Wilkes. Very sad. Um, <laughs> yeah. I have minors in creative writing and women's and gender studies. I have always been a reader. Like Brie said, AR was my thing. I was the AR queen. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just really found comfort, I guess, in books. And I was always a quiet kid, so my nose was always in a book. I didn't really want to talk to people, which sounds bad because <laughs> I'm a communications <laughs> no. major now. But I, um, <laughs> I really just – I grew up with R.L. Stein. I know we talked about this too before. Mm-hmm. but And it really – I can tell the ways in my life that – what I read when I was a kid, like shaped who I am now. Yes. So I read R.L. Stein when I was a kid and now I love horror. And I know that there's like a direct like path between the two. Right. So it's really cool to see like, and when we're kids, like everything that we consume, like all the media, all the books and everything, it really affects us. So I don't know. The literary crisis yeah. is yeah. important to me. <laughs> I 100% agree. And I I really think, too, because I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, I'm sitting down with two communications majors who also have backgrounds in English and creative writing and all these things. And I think what's interesting is I think if you break it down to our core, we love storytelling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. More than anything else, I think I would have to argue that's why we all know how to tell a good story is because we grew up reading them and understanding Mm -hmm. them. And I think what's interesting, I want to talk about, so Brie and Hannah have a podcast together called Don't Judge a Book by Its Movie, yes. which I love that concept because <laughs> everybody gets in arguments about like, oh, what was better, the book or the movie? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because I'm one of those who I equally love books and movies. I was just about Me to ask too. you if you prefer prefer the book or the movie. And I was mm-hmm. like, Lizzie, if you say the movie, we might have an issue. You know, but <laughs> like I've grown up now, though, where like when I was a kid, like we're going to get into this, but when I was a kid, I used to be able to read for like a whole entire day yeah. and finish mm-hmm. a book. Don't you miss having non-responsibilities? And you yes. just do whatever you <laughs> want with your life? Literally. And I feel like now movies, I've gotten so used to consuming like digital media. It's easier. Yeah. It's way easier. And I think like I missed through COVID, like I'm sure Hannah, you would agree with this because mm-hmm. Hannah goes to see movies like every week and reviews them for the beacon. Shout and out again. Yeah, <laughs> shout out. Shout We're out. all connected. <laughs> yeah. It all, we always give shout outs for these things. But I feel like when I go and sit down and watch a movie and there's no distractions, I can't check my phone, Mm -hmm. I can't do this or that, I love the cinematography of something. I think there is something to be said about what you can show from the images and, like, 
It's hard, though, when you're obsessed with a series and you picture the characters in your head. Mm -hmm. I will say this is an unpopular opinion, but when I was a kid and I would see the movie before the book, because I would do that a lot, because there were some series I was really behind on people. I watched Harry Potter, the movies, before I ever even considered starting the books. I like that I can picture what the characters look like in the movie as I read the book. Me too. Because like then I find I'm the other way. Yeah, (laughs) I like. I don't know. I'm someone who I like envisioning it in my head, and then I like if the movie brings it to life the way I imagine it. I'm like, wow, kudos, because I'm like, you did it exactly as I thought. Mm -hmm. But if it's different, I have a different like. I don't know. I give it more credit, I think, because then I'm like, wow, I never would have pictured it that way. And it's kind of cool. But I understand like the setting of seeing it first and then being like, well, now I have an idea of how to carry it through. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's two sides to it. It's a very, it's obviously a big debate because (laughs) there's a lot of things to it. There's got to be so much pressure on directors and producers because you have so many fans Mm -hmm. who have different Mm -hmm. ideas of it. Like, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who are like, have the same like depiction in their heads of it. But when you're trying to make so many people happy, like I feel like that's such a struggle. Not to say it's easier with literature, because I feel like literature, it's almost harder in a sense to grasp the popularity, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's so many book series that are phenomenal that get out there and just aren't popularized. And I'm curious too, what is... What are your favorite? I, I know we skipped that part. That yeah. But I'm curious when we're talking about like books and movies specifically. Mm-hmm. Hannah, I know you love horror, but if you guys yeah. are talking books specifically, what are your favorite genres? Who do you want to go first, Liz? Whichever you want. Okay. Outside of <laughs> horror, it's very rare that I stray outside of horror. Actually, I'm kind of like a very narrowed reader. Um, I do like young adult a lot. Mm-hmm. I kind of think that I'm never going to grow out of young adult. <laughs> I really do. Like, I don't know. There's just, like, comfort in that, too. And, like, nostalgia. the nostalgia. Yeah, of, like, being a kid. Um, adult books freak me out. Like, I <laughs> that sounds bad. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. They're, they're always very boring to me. And mm. not they're very slow. And I don't really like slow books. I don't like a slow burn. I like, like, first page, <gasps> I'm hooked. You know what I right. mean? Yeah. So, yeah, young adult is probably my second, I guess, favorite I'm a hardcore romance reader, um, <laughs> but not in like the cheesy, like shirtless guy on the cover romance. Right. I love, I think, especially with like book talk being a thing, the contemporary adult romance, I'm that's where I'm at. But I think that started because I read a lot of young adult when I was in middle school and high school. And there's a lot of those like themes present in those right. books. So I still read those. I think I've kind of transitioned when I was like mm-hmm. started to look at different sections of the book of like bookstores and libraries. Um, outside of that, we've talked in the podcast. I like, I don't like nonfiction, but mm, if you're right. someone I like, if you're like a famous person or there's a topic mm-hmm. I'm interested in, I will probably read that nonfiction book. It's really rare, but mm-hmm. like, and I'm a very narrow reader. I just kind of say, I know what I like. You know what you so like, I'm yeah. like, I'm going to keep reading it. Um, but I don't think there's, I'm, I like thriller books, yeah. but I have a really hard time finding ones that aren't cheesy and like that right. keep my attention. Cause I can't say I want it to be like right from the start. I'm into it. But some of them, I'm like, it's so hard to believe. So I'm like, okay, I, I get it. But so I don't really read outside of my own favorite genre, but I'm trying, mm-hmm. trying to expand. But that's where yeah. I am. <laughs> and I think it's so ironic that Brisa's romance is her favorite genre oh my God. as we're recording this on, on Valentine's Day. Day. <laughs> and ironically, I don't even like Valentine's Day. It's not my favorite holiday at all. Right. My brother in law makes fun of it and says it's like the perfect capitalist holiday. It really is. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, I it literally is. saw it. I'm like, this, it's just such an excuse. But yeah, showing yeah. love for people every day. Exactly. You no, know, treat people with kindness. <laughs> yeah, as you should. Yeah, no, but I, I would agree. I've always been and this is for movies too not just books i've always been coming of age young adult like i yeah. love that genre and that's why i am uncomfortable getting older because i yeah. feel like <laughs> they stop writing them yeah like i i'm aware i'm no longer a teenager mm-hmm. but i still feel like there was a lot of experience
experiences in young adult books that I never got. Yeah. So it's sort of like when, when I like you know when you watch Hannah and I were talking about Brie. I don't know if you saw yet Euphoria, the show that's no, like I've I've seen enough of it, but like not enough to like I've never seen it. So good, but I've seen enough to like know about it. You know, mm-hmm. see, but there's the a internet. lot of interesting commentary on because it's entertainment at the end mm-hmm. of the day. It's entertainment, but there's a lot of interesting commentary people have on books and movies for young adults. Mm-hmm. That it's like, is this a realistic experience? Oh, we talked about that. Yeah. yeah. I also think, too, like the whole coming of age genre is so directed to teenagers. Mm-hmm. But arguably, I would say in our 20s, there's so much. It's mm-hmm. a totally different coming of age, but that's never focused on. And I think, like right. Hannah said, it's yeah. kind of, I don't want to say it's viewed as boring, but at that point, you're just like, oh, you're you're 20 now. Like, go move on with your life. But mm-hmm. I would argue, I think if movies or books were written on that time, I think it would be way more relatable than us reading about, you know, a 16-year-old because I already went through that and it's not where I am anymore mm-hmm. it's funny that you say that because over the weekend I reread Perks of Being a Wallflower and to as end, I was reading it I, I was like that book. <laughs> no it is so good so good. but as I was reading it I had to keep reminding myself that this kid was like a high schooler and I was like right. but I relate to right. it and I'm not a high schooler you yeah. know what I mean so it was like I don't know and I think on the spectrum of reading books like that, I think there's one end where it's like there is something so comforting of reading experiences that you could relate to. Mm-hmm. But I also would argue I love reading and watching and consuming anything that gives me the experience of another person that maybe I wouldn't have expected. Like, for instance, like, yeah, maybe I haven't experienced like for if we're talking euphoria, mm-hmm. they talk a lot about addiction and drug mm-hmm. abuse. And I'm like. I didn't really see a lot of that in my high school, but at the same time, this opens me up to a topic that I might not have known or cared about necessarily Mm -hmm. in the same way. And I think that's important, especially, I don't know if you found this because I think, you know, empathetic people come everywhere. But a lot of what I've realized about people in the humanities is they're very open to other people's experiences. Yeah. And I think that's a large part of being a reader is understanding, like opening yourself up to a new world You know, Mm -hmm. whether it's fantasy or whether it is something realistic, I think it makes you more empathetic to other people's experiences because you understand that a lot exists outside of your own sphere, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like if you're sticking on top of perks and um, I mentioned in our podcast, we're covering it at some point, um, but the movie Love, Simon and the book Mm -hmm. for that. Um, there's so many topics like not that I we aren't aware of them, but I think seeing them in that context where it's quote unquote fictional um, it's a lot more easier to kind of understand and grasp at first than being like, I know how to apply that to my life now. And I've mm-hmm. seen it on screen. So um, not that I say people in the sciences don't, I don't say have that, but I think if honestly on any level that you're reading, a lot of that exposure and representation is put in at such an early time or an early age if you're consuming that media. So I don't want to say it's like helpful, but it definitely kind of puts up another step being like this it exists outside of like your little bubble and that mm-hmm. really I think helps us accommodate and realize all that stuff exists like you said so For I agree sure. and in terms of I love that you guys are doing Perks of Being a Wallflower because that's my <gasps> all-time favorite circling back. movie <laughs> it's so good, but I will say like I when <laughs> you guys probably have this too I think a lot of people have this issue where if I like something I will continue to consume it for years mm-hmm. to come Hyperfixate. fixate Hi- yes, yes exactly I do it all the time <laughs> I, I've heard that's a symptom of anxiety because you know how it ends <gasps> right because stop mm-hmm. <laughs> we already knew but <laughs> yeah. like, like re- I'm like dang <laughs> thanks for confirming my beliefs you really came for me <laughs> yeah no, but in Perks Me Wallflower I probably first saw it when I was 14 me too. I, I saw the movie before the book me too <laughs> yeah I was telling Hannah that that was one I watched the movie for and I if you've seen the movie, it's so confusing mm-hmm. without, and then I read, but I read the book in high school, my English class. And all of a sudden I was like, all of it makes so much sense right. because there's so much more explained in the book. And like I at 14 was not conceptually getting a lot of what yeah. was going on. But after reading it, I was like, oh my goodness. And at that age, I was like a junior in high school. So it made mm-hmm. so much more sense. But 
I agree. No, 100%. And I grew up with a sister who's four years older than me. So I was constantly consuming things that were like, probably I I shouldn't (laughs) have have seen this yet. But I remember um, when I finally read the book, I did not put two and two together how much they discussed like the idea of like sort of sexual assault. Yes. Yeah. Like that, Mm -hmm. that didn't really resonate with me in the movie. Like they didn't cover it as deeply, which I'm not sure how they would like, that movie's so, a masterpiece. I know. I yeah. know. And I think that's, again, like, you, there's so much more. I don't want to say that's covered in the writing, but mm-hmm. there's only so much you can do visually without blatantly, like, outright saying it. And I think it's, it's I don't know. There's two sides to that because that's, mm-hmm. like, a book and movie. You have to, I feel like you have to watch both of them. Oh, like, you sure. have to watch the movie and you have to read the book because there's mm-hmm. so many components to it. But, again, there's, like, so much exposure in that movie that you would never have kind of picked up on if you didn't watch it in the first place and how you said representation like i remember (laughs) when they showed patrick like him having like sort of a behind the scenes gay relationship Mm because the person he was with was not comfortable being out of the closet i remember like thinking like this is probably one of the most realistic interpretations yeah right i feel like a lot of more modern media like you know there are more acceptable and inclusive scenarios Mm -hmm. but i think that was probably the most realistic like when patrick got beat up i I was just gonna say that yeah i remember crying and being like i hate this scene i hate this scene but Mm -hmm. then i remember thinking like it sucks to say it but it exposed us to something mm -hmm. that's very real i was gonna say you mentioned empathy before but that creates so much of an empathetic experience because Mm -hmm. you know that it's not relatable but it's something so realistic you can kind of as bad as it sounds pictured happening to somebody yep. so there's a more there's not so much of a disconnect between like something that seems like quote-unquote fake because they're making it seem that way and something that's like oh my gosh like you have a real emotion about it and that's how it kind of becomes you have the empathy for it 100 mm-hmm. so, i think that a lot of times people when they're reading or when they think about readers they don't understand like the level of vulnerability that goes into yeah. reading because mm-hmm. you're really like entering this world and you're a part of it like mm-hmm you're not the main character or whatever, but you pretty much are, like, when you're reading it especially. And you're, like, opening yourself up to whatever, like, hurt that they experience and, like, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. And it's, like, it's an experience. Like, sometimes I'll read a book and I can't touch another book for, like, weeks because it wrecks me. And I'm, like... I just told Hannah, I call it... I just read one like this. I call it a book hangover where (laughs) I'm not even kidding you. Like, I'll read read a book so good and I'm, like, I need time to, like, process it and I will not even think about touching another book because I don't have the emotional capacity to do so. And I was going to mention going off Hannah's point, like the amount of books I've cried at, like while Mm -hmm. reading, Uh it's crazy. So I agree. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of emotions that go into that. I just started (laughs) reading the last song, so pray for me. (gasps) Oh, yes. That's on our list. Oh, my gosh. And the movie for that, so phenomenal. So good. And I will say a good writer makes you fall in love with the characters to the point where you forget Mm -hmm. they're not real. Mm -hmm. That's, That's how I know. Like, I believe that, like, the character exists somehow just like like it's yeah weird to think mm-hmm. about, like that's why i feel weird with movies sometimes is i can't process the actor i was just gonna say like the actor becomes like associated like i see that person and i'm like that is whoever exactly. as a character yeah. i can't like dissociate the two like, there's of them. harry potter yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i have this like illegitimate fear that i'll run into them one day and won't know their real name oh, no. and i'll call them by their like could you imagine <laughs> i would so hate happy. to see it i bet I they get it a lot though quick. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Ridiculous. No, but I really, okay, so I want to give a little shout out during this podcast. It's super important. Yes. Is two of our friends, um, Lauren Waltz, Victoria Yother, they're starting um, a book club on campus, mm-hmm. which I think is so cool. And it's interesting that, you know, there's a lot of, I think because there's so many events that go on in the English department, in manuscript, in certain majors, we forget to make time for leisurely reading. And like, just like, just talking about these things right now is making me like so giddy, like I to know. have that shared experience with somebody. 
So I'm really excited because they're starting a book club. First meeting is the end of March. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are interested, I will put their info in the description for this podcast. So that way, if anybody wants to join, um, I know we picked the first book because we're, we're in yeah. this book club. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, I know Lauren picked the first book. I can't think of it off the top. Reminders of Him by oh. Colleen Hoover. Now, is that going to be a romance novel? Yes. yes. Ooh, I don't I'm know. I, I think like I was saying, I've never, I, she gets a lot of hype on TikTok. Um, but there's very mixed emotions about her as an author because some of her books are problematic, apparently. Uh, and some of them are, it's kind of like, you know, the author who writes like the same plot line, but like changes it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've heard, but I've also heard enough people rave about them. And this one apparently is like really good out of all of it. So I'm excited to read it. Yeah, I think. And we're meeting at a cat cafe, so it's like cats and yes. bugs. Oh, yeah. You can't, you can't tell me not to show up. Like but, I will be yeah, there. Way this, the scenery <laughs> of that is going to be simply amazing. Yeah. Well, a very large topic that I think is important that we cover in terms of that is probably the reason there hasn't been a book club on campus, or there mm. aren't book clubs on many campuses. Are sometimes college students are very overwhelmed to the point of we don't make time for leisurely reading or mm-hmm. just reading for enjoyment. Um, I know, Brie, you wrote a piece on this. So I'm curious. I, I could just <laughs> yeah. see it in her eyes. She's, like, ready. So I think, obviously, as you go through school, there's, like, less time for you as an individual. And I, I read quite a bit in high school, even though I was pretty involved. And I think I got to college, and I just – not that I stopped completely, but I read way more over the summer and during breaks than I do when I'm here. Mm-hmm. And I think I was telling Hannah on our podcast last week, I literally read, like, three books over winter break, which is only three weeks long. And in the fall semester, I read two and a half books in four months because I had no time. Mm -hmm. And I'm always kind of that person that's like, my form of self-care is reading a book. And I would love to just like sit down at night and like read a chapter. But like you just said, Lynn, I do work all day and I'm running around. So I have to read for class because I'm a comm major. So all I do is deal with words. Mm -hmm. And as much as I want to sit down and read, it's I just don't have the mental capacity to want to keep doing it because I've been doing it for school purposes. Um, I feel very strongly about it because I love reading in that form, like just to do it for fun, but there's no time. And like, I just, I don't know, there's so much that could go into it because I could go on forever. Um, But it's more about, I think, the balance between finding it between school. And maybe it's different if I wasn't dealing with writing and reading all the time was my major, Mm -hmm. but I wish there was more time for me to just sit down and read. But, you know. (laughs) <laughs> and I found that the school overlap thing, this happened to me once. This was a couple years ago. I, I'm the same way where I will mainly just read on breaks. I'm horrible. I usually don't even read during the semester for leisure at all. It's See, it I sucks. know. <laughs> and I try. I think my thing is like I try. I bring all my – I bring like seven books here. I have a little bookshelf. Mm-hmm. And I'm like I'll read all of them. And I read maybe two. Right. And it's so it's depressing. I'm like, I could yep. read all of them in a month if I was at home. Exactly. But. And I was mad because I was reading this one book. I don't even remember what it was. And there was like a sentence that had like a major importance to the story. Mm-hmm. Like it was like a curveball for the, the whole uh, book. Plot twist. And I remember thinking to myself, Lindsay, make note of this because this is probably going to be on the test. And I'm thinking to myself... There's, <laughs> there's no, no test. test and i think school Liz. has messed me up to the point where mm-hmm. i can't get to read it yeah, yeah. Like, i'm so used to reading for important points because let's mm-hmm. be honest a lot of the re- we get a lot of readings as comedy yeah mm-hmm. i sometimes i skim for the important things and we'll make note of big things to yeah. bring up in class or that i think is going to be as on a, an exam as a right. college student that's what we do <laughs> you, you kind of have to because if yeah. you consume the amount of like reading readings and everything it's you have to capture the most important parts otherwise mm-hmm. you're gonna get behind it's so much yeah mm-hmm. so i remember just being like that is so sad that i'm sitting here trying to remember important parts right. of this book like, <laughs> if i'm gonna test it on it i was oh like this is gosh. so sad oh my god yeah i definitely feel like school okay so when i came in to wilkes 
I, you know, I was loving books. That's why I chose to be an English <laughs> major. And then the past four years, I don't know, like I'm at the point in my life where not that I, I don't like books, but I literally, my attention span, mm, <laughs> I cannot concentrate on a book. And um, I don't know. It's just so sad because like this love that I had was kind of like ruined. Yeah. <laughs> not ruined. I'm sure it'll come back, but I don't know. <laughs> I just, and especially being an English major, I have to read like a book a week and that's for wow. one class. And they're books I don't want to read. Sorry, Dr. Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, I don't want to read them. Like, feel that. I, I just don't like being forced to read things, if that yeah. makes sense. Like, I want to read what I want to read. Like, I like fiction. I don't really want to read autobiographies. Mm -hmm. But I get that it's like an education and it's not for fun, quote unquote. But I kind of chose that major because I loved it and it turned it into something I didn't really like anymore. Oh, no, 100%. And I think that's, I'm grateful for you to admit that. Because mm -hmm. I think sometimes people are scared that like, yeah. somebody's going to judge them. I'm like, no, I'm in the same boat as right. you. Yeah. And I think too, hear me out. I think a lot of this stems to, this might just be me, but I think a lot of it stems from, I have a fear of silence. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Calls me out. I hate to sit in silence. It me freaks too. me out. Like, yeah. I'm so used to having music or mm -hmm. a TV show mm -hmm. or a movie in the background that like, I don't know how to just sit in quiet. Like I'll even play music sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Like, and it's just bad because I feel like that makes it harder for me to want to sit down and concentrate or mm -hmm. read something because for me, like I'm so used to now my stress reliever is consuming TV shows. Yeah. And media. So it's like, it, it's a hard transition back to habits that we're used to from more younger. Cause it's, right. like it's, it's evolved over so many years. I think I was going to say when Hannah was talking before, I, I love reading books, but I think I love the experience of reading books um and like you just said i hate sitting in the silence i literally will do anything i can to not sit in silence but my favorite thing is like when it's warm out and you can sit outside in like the greenway and like read a book and yeah. but it's in also there's like yeah and there's also so much like i love to sit in like coffee shops or like do whatever however you would want to read and i love the atmosphere of like the noise around you but you're still there but I feel like it's gonna sound so bad. There's like a stigma if someone sees you out in public reading a book. What a nerd! I'm not even kidding you. No. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Like, I last semester I was reading a book on the Greenway, and this kid was like, they asked me like what book I was reading, and I was like, okay, I can tell you the title of it. But I don't want to say it's embarrassing, but it's like nobody does it, nobody sees it. I think it's more of like mm -hmm. a I don't want to say private thing, but you do it like on your own. But I love the idea of like. I like love packing up a bag and like going to Starbucks or going to sit on the, on like have a picnic. It's like a thing. I love the experience no, I of it. The ambience of it. And I, I'm curious. That's too. what makes it so good. Right. And <laughs> we were talking. Um, so <laughs> yeah. thought of something. All I can think of Brie goes, it's a private thing. I'm just thinking no. of her going, I have a hot date tonight with my book. <laughs> Stop. No, it's happy. No, but I mean like nobody. <laughs> Oh my god, oh, that's amazing! But you can't, you can't say like minus maybe like people who are reading for class. I never see anybody reading for fun like outside. No, like doing it in front of other people. Like I feel like it's embarrassing. So I'm like, I'm trying to get out of that boundary where it's like I can read my room all I want, but sometimes I get sick of sitting in my room and reading. Like I want to be out, and I'm really big for like changes of scenery. Oh, for so sure. I love the whole like I'm gonna pack my tote bag and get a drink and go sit somewhere and read, and I just love that. But I do feel like when people see you like reading a normal book, people are like, what the heck are you right. doing? Like, why would you do that? Which leads into one of the other things we'll talk about. But I think it's all, I don't know. I like the experience of it, which I think makes reading a fun part, like outside of school. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. I have a question. Okay. Are you two book shoppers or book readers? There's a difference. Oh, because hmm. I'm about to call you guys out. I'm can I do, so a book shopper. Can I yeah, do me too. Both? So bad. I think I which like do you the, like more? I hoard books. <laughs> me too. So bad. I like the serotonin that comes with, is that the right 
yes. emotion. Yeah. yeah. Um, I a like Barnes serotonin with coming, yeah, like walking mm-hmm. into books. I'm a big, um, I love used bookstores, like oh. thrift shops. Like I, I love it. Like that's like my, my atmosphere. My dad, fun, another shout out to my dad. My favorite, one of my favorite Christmas presents ever was a couple of Christmases ago. My dad got me this book. Um, and basically it's a book of all the used and like independently owned bookstores in New York City. And it's broken down by every neighborhood and like all these places that are and like and I was obsessed with it. That's and now it's so like my cute. goal to be like li- like we went to one mm-hmm. right before COVID. <gasps> oh, and Taylor Swift Taylor, I was actually say. filmed her last music video there. But You're kidding mm-hmm. me. Now I'm dead serious. Um, but I love like that's why I said I love like the I again the idea of going out and I love like carrying a pile of books around. I'm like I'm still gonna read them, but it takes me years to read them. Like yeah. I will have them in my room forever, and then I'm like, well, now I don't want to read it or whatever. But wait, well, right back to what Bree said is sort of the atmosphere of it is like I am mm-hmm. yes, I'm a book shopper for sure. I found the cutest bookshop when I went to Massachusetts <gasps> with my with my dad. This the little uh, ones are the summer. best ones. I'm telling They're you. so cute and like. They have like the like I don't know. It's like one of those shops though where they only have like one of each book, but it makes uh, you feel special, right? Yeah, you're yeah, the only- yeah. Because you're like the only one with a copy of this, and I love like just the ambiance of like a coffee shop or like yeah, when yeah. it's nice out to like read a book. So I completely understand that need. Now <laughs> yeah. I'm curious because I have a question for you guys. Okay. So I had class Morgan Rich. She's a comm major here too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Got a reference, you know, everyone. Shout outs when we do this. <laughs> Shout out yeah. to the whole comm department. So, honestly, so she brought up in class the other day with Dr. Bersenio, we were talking about sort of that double standard that people were posting about on TikTok where when men, like, love sports oh. and they're big yeah. fans. Yes, yes. Like, that's totally acceptable. But when women are sort of, like, you know, fangirls, I if just you talked will, about for this things. last right. Super Bowl. Then it's an issue. Yeah, and it's like you people have an issue with it. And I'm curious because a lot of it, we were talking about sort of the idea of fan fictions. Mm. I think you could classify fan fictions as a form of literature. Yeah, yes. definitely. And I also think, like, I also have strong opinions on this one, but there's so I have so much respect for those people because they write those things for free mm-hmm. and a lot of them are so good at it mm-hmm. and like I don't know you can't put that on your resume when applying for a job like right. I've written this much fan fiction but I feel like there's so many there's so many components to that and like there's a lot of like the community re- the engagement has probably gone down but it amazes me that not that people do it but that they do it for free and it's always like it's arguably better than some books I've read and I'm like wow I read this for free on the internet and these people amaze me I'm like you I know. should be an author mm-hmm. right exactly uh, well I have strong opinions about certain ones that have become books that mm-hmm. maybe shouldn't have but that's like right shall yeah. not be named nah. not my <laughs> Timothy Chalamet fanfic on my phone yes! right now <laughs> Hannah closes the tab as yes. Lindsay brings it up yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like gotta get that out of there <laughs> no but I agree I think it's Again, some of them are like novel length, mm-hmm. so I don't discredit it because I'm like it's literally it's I'm still reading something. Mm-hmm. It's legitimate. And the, and the best fanfics I've read, I love. At, well, this just goes for any form of literature. Set a scene for me. Ooh. I need to know where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I need to know who I'm looking. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they're doing it on popular figures that like Timothy Chalamet. You already know. Yeah. I can <laughs> picture Timothy Chalamet pretty much. Right. Yeah. You want me to picture. <laughs> so. <laughs> Not in an inappropriate way, but <laughs> but it's like interesting because I feel like when I read a fanfic, like it almost feels like a guilty pleasure, but it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I hate when it like yeah. that's the thing is like we feel this guilt. I, feel I was like. just gonna say like, guilt. Yeah, it's just not right. And it's like people don't like it, there's sports fans. I'm like yeah, literally. And them all. That's another thing I think when it comes up like in public, I'm like oh my god, I'd never admit that. 
Like, right? but yeah. now I'll admit it and be like, wow. And like the really big One Direction days. So it's like my mm-hmm. friends and I, shout out to all my middle school friends. There was a, f- a fanfic um, we read together. We were, we treated it like a book club. Like every, we knew the day that the author would update it. We would read it the night before, come in and at lunch, we would talk about our thoughts about it and we would do it until like it was finished. It was insane. We were crazy. But oh. like that was something I was like, okay. And at that time it was like acceptable i guess because we were all into it but now i would never like meet up with my friends and be like did you guys read the new chapter yeah. of blah 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 whatever but like <laughs> i would i don't know it's something that's like uh, not taboo but you can't it's weird saying it out loud and expecting people to be like oh my god that's weird because like mm-hmm. they sure. would say it i think the guilt stems from like when you read a regular book it's pretty much the same thing the only difference is like the character is a real person but mm. You're, it's still the same. I think it's the same thing. I yeah. don't get the guilt. And majority of it is very tasteful. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And, right. And even if it wasn't, people... But, even, right. Like, yes. And also, there's a, obviously, it's happening because there's an audience for it. So, mm-hmm. like, enough people like it that it's relevant. And people love so Fifty Shades. shades. Exactly. So, <laughs> I'm call them out. Like, them, I think get people them. are scared to admit mm-hmm. that, like... And here's my thing, too, is I've had this conversation with my mom because I love... Uh, have you seen Black Mirror before? I've yeah. heard of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I like really dark, like, American horror story. Like, I yes. like stuff like that. Like, that's my form of horror mm-hmm. that I love. And my mom has always said to me, she's like, "I see, at the end of a long work day, like, I just want to put on something mindless. Like, I don't want to mm-hmm. have to, like, think about all these different features or Question your life show. after. <laughs> uh-huh. And that's why I think... In my personal opinion, I feel like that's why things like Fifty Shades of Grey are so popular because mm. people, this is going to sound really bad, but a lot of people live really <laughs> mundane. Normal. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like we search for media and for literature that excite us mm-hmm. and are like outside of our normal realm of like what goes on in our day to day lives. And I think that's why that's so successful. Yeah. It's not that yeah. everybody's living that life. No, and no, but it's I like, want it, to live yeah, that life. Yeah. And I think it's like, <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, again, that's one of those, that's like a whole series where, again, it was like, oh my God, like, why would you be reading that? But, I don't, again, there's obviously an audience for it, and there's no shame in reading what you like, so, like, get over it. Everybody yeah, else can right. get over it. I'll walk exactly. around with that book in, in class. What are you going to say to me? Exactly, 100%. Actually, you won't catch me reading that in class, but, you know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. You right get the, place, you get right the point. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> But that's what's so nice is like just coming to a world like like whenever I remember in high school, that's how not necessarily how I knew what I wanted to study or what I wanted to go into. But I loved my literature classes in high mm-hmm. school mm-hmm. when we would like read books. I hated talking about grammar and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when we would get to talk about like the content of books, I remember. Have you guys read East of Eden? Mm-mm. No. Phenomenal book. Um, Gigantic book. Like it was one of those uh, where I really thought you wouldn't I'm, like it. No, I'm. I don't feel so bad admitting this, but I thought I might have to spark note it. I, like I was one of those sometimes in high school. I was always one of those. Yeah. yeah, but it was one of the few books I read every single chapter, and it was. It's like a commentary sort of on good and evil because it's all characters with either C or A names. So it's based on like Cain and Abel from the Bible. Yeah, and it's sort of like I was gonna get a tattoo because they have <gasps> this word in there. It's the Hebrew word timshel, mm-hmm. and it means thou mayest. And the whole ending point of the book is like. We're we are taught to believe from like a very young age that there's inevitable good and evil. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we all have free will to become the sort of people we want. And I I thought that was such for such a like important time in my life. I was like, 
you know, we're convinced that based on the family we grew up in or mm-hmm. the, the, the circumstances we're in, the privilege we do or don't have, like, mm-hmm. we're going to become good or bad people. But it's like life is so much more complicated than that. Yeah. Right? And it's like you could try and teach that to somebody. But when you learn it through like a nuanced book, it just has such a deeper meaning. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's like you can put it into context. And I, I just think that's so powerful. And when it's not like flat out said, like you uh-huh. kind of have yeah. to draw your own it's conclusions kind of, about yeah. it. That's my favorite. I will say this till the day I die. I love also literature for the fact that what I'm going to take away from it is not what you're going to take away from it. Right. That's my favorite part. Yeah. And like you can argue the same thing for a movie because you can be like, oh, I've never seen the new, but favorite scene. Um, But in terms of books, like you could read, I could have a different favorite line and it would mean something totally different. And Mm -hmm. it could, Hannah would be like, I love that line too, but it means something composed, like the complete opposite. I don't know. There's so much behind that. That's why I think I love it. Because then you can recommend, like, you just recommended that book, and maybe I go read it, and I can be like, wow, Lindsay, I loved it. Or, wow, I hated it. But, like, Aww. I could like it or love it for different reasons than you do. And nobody reads the same book the same way. Yes. Yep. I agree. That's such a beautiful, chef's like, chef's kiss. <laughs> You're right. It really is. And I actually, I'm so excited for this last thing I really want to discuss with you guys is, so I've said I want to come on their podcast because... Every single episode, Brie and Hannah talk about a different book that has turned into a movie and their thoughts about, you know, the movie production. Did it meet your expectations? What did you think about it? We have strong um, opinions. So. How much we hate Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. I was, Our you, first episode, we came out of the gates running. <laughs> this is the thing about podcasts that I love and hate is I feel like I'm having a conversation with you, but you mm-hmm. can't hear my feet beat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's so true. I'm just yelling at us. In my room, I'm like, oh my God, same. Yeah. Yeah. Me texting them updates yeah. as I'm yes. listening live. <laughs> no, but so I'm curious. It could be one that was turned into movie or not. Mm-hmm. But what has been your favorite book or book series that you felt was really life changing for you at a certain time? Do you know your? I have to look up the title. Yeah, of I mine, know mine. So I make I don't mess it up. So I don't want to. Do mess we it have up. all day? Because I will talk all day. No, I'm kidding. Um, so I really grew up on R.L. Stein. I don't know if I said that. Yeah, I probably did. I say it all the time. Um, but we he met wrote, him. Fun yes, fact. we met him. <laughs> this is our kidding me. You didn't know this, Lindsay? Yes, it was two years ago. Awkward. Um, Paramus, New Jersey. Awkward, New Jersey. I was well, both of us. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No. So background. Hannah just texted me randomly one day and she's like, "I have an extra ticket or something," and I was like, "Sure, why not?" Like I. I didn't read a lot of R.L. Stein, but I was like familiar with it. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, well, Hannah obviously Sorry. loves it, so I wasn't gonna tell you no. So I was like, yeah, obviously I'll go. That's right. But um, this is also pre-COVID, so like we yeah. went to like this really big Barnes and Noble. We got like worst <laughs> bands and all these people. We got a free book that was signed. But yeah, it was a whole experience. And we got to meet him. Yeah, and he signed our book. But it was so funny because we're sitting in this audience and there's like all these kids around me and like also like 45 year old men. Because that's his demographic, yeah. I guess. And I'm crying as he's talking and everybody's like, because <laughs> he's like my idol. And I'm crying at Oral Stein. But um, he wrote this series called Fear Street. And I remember reading that when I, well, first I started with Goosebumps. And Fear Street mm-hmm. is kind of like the more adult version of Goosebumps. But um, I remember starting that when I was like maybe in fifth grade. And that was like, you know those moments in your life that you really, really remember and you're like, this is why this Core happened. Memory. Right. Me reading that Fear Street series is the reason that I chose to be an English major. It's the reason I love books so much. Like, it's it was so influential in my life that I could never imagine loving another book series as much, you know? It's like Aww. my forever. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's always at, like, a critical time in your life. Yeah, too. when yeah. you're a kid, yeah. always. Yeah, you remember forever. Mine, uh, mine was in high school, like early freshman year it's called it's kind of a funny story by ned vinzini vinzini i don't know how to say it um <laughs> hannah's showing off her map right now <laughs> it's um, i read it because it was actually it is a movie i didn't like mm. the movie as much as good but 
um, one of my friends in high school recommended to me is about this kid who struggles with men- his mental health and he self like self checks himself into a mental hospital mm-hmm. um, and he meets this girl who also struggles with her mental. It's like it's a whole thing, but. Um, I am not someone who highlights books, but I highlighted the heck out of that book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was just because, like Hannah said, it, it was like not a pivotal time in my life, but like it was my first year of high school. So things are weird. And like you're just kind of trying to figure it out. But I resonated with it so much. And I was it's one of those ones like I will go back and read. I haven't read it, reread it in a while, but I was reading it and I was like, oh, my God, life changing. And mm-hmm. I he's he's also written another a bunch of other books. One actually became a Broadway show, which I did not get to see before it closed. But I just, I don't know, it was one of those things, I, as, as I was reading it, I just could tell it had that effect on me where it was going to be like, wow, it's one of my favorite books ever. But right. not because I liked the content of it, but I think just the message it had and the time I was reading it was just like that moment. Mm-hmm. But definitely recommend it. It's one of my favorites. The movie was good too, but the book is 10 out of 10. Before I graduate, I am going to read one of the books that Brie has recommended. I have so has many. so many on her list. I literally mm-hmm. could give you, everybody's like, do you want to, uh, somebody, Lauren, um asked me for book recs last week and i was like how many do you want i was like mm-hmm. i could give you like 10 of them right now which oh, one how many do you want <laughs> yeah for sure and i know i already blabbed on about it but mine's definitely perks of being a wallflower yeah i just mm-hmm. and I, I feel like too this is a weird thing to talk about and admit but i was not like i didn't go to a big school but i also did not hang out around like popular people yeah me too. but i wasn't like an outcast but i think something about that book was just so yeah like i it's that, that time bond. i'm telling you yeah. it's like that time in your life because i don't i don't know how to describe it it's just like for sure. That and, moment. And my personality, I've always been a Patrick. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a Charlie. I'm Will not. you be the I'm Patrick not, no. to my Charlie Lindsay? <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Okay. Wait, could be Sam. We could be Sam. I was going to say, wait, that's actually really fitting. No, I, I love that so much. But I also, I know you guys mentioned this in your first podcast, so I'm curious if you'll cover it. But I was also a huge John Green fan growing up. Oh, yeah. That's next week. We did mm-hmm. talk. Oh. We, mm-hmm. I have, we also have opinions on that one. But yes. See, what was hard was... <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I think Bree said this, and I kind of agree with it. Um, the same plot line? Yeah. yeah. Majority yeah. of John Green books feel See, like just a variation. I <laughs> didn't realize this, though, until I read all of them. And I'm kidding you. If you look at my bookshelf at home, I have, like, every single book this man has ever touched in his life. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. Because once I read The Fallen Our Stars, I just got, like, sucked in. And I was like, well, now I have to read all of them. And all my friends did it, too. Um, but the last one I read was Turtles All the Way Down. Yeah, same. And it deals with a girl, again, we picking up a theme here it deals with a girl who struggles with anxiety right and that was another Didn't book i ocd too yeah, yeah. and me aka <laughs> um but i also read it in high school and it was one of those things where i was like wow this like it was a character i really identified with but after i read it i was like this feels like i've read a similar story to it and then someone i think on twitter was like all of john green's books are like the same mm-hmm. and i was like right. wait a second you're kind of right. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I so though, he, he does it's similar to he covers some really good topics he does them in a pretty sensitive way, than, yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. not like blatant exposure, I would argue, because I think a lot of it is still a little bit romanticized, or yeah. Idealized. Yeah, which is a whole other right. Like whole it's definitely topic. safe for younger audiences. Yeah. I would mm-hmm. argue. Yeah, because I read all of them in like middle school. Because mm-hmm. yeah, because I remember. I think my sister got from me because my sister went to Europe multiple times. God bless oh my her goodness. soul. She's Lindsay's sister. She's <laughs> Can I have your life, please? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can I just try yeah. <laughs> Freaky Friday out here? My, my two. <laughs> But my sister got a looking for Alaska copy from the Shakespeare Library. It's no like way. Stamped with the Shakespeare Library stamp. Oh yeah, my sister's cool. We're my- nerded out here. Hey, right. nice yeah. yeah. drop. Yeah. So like, well, my sister was an English and history double major. Like she's a Ooh, total. That's book like nerd. right up her. Right. Yeah, yeah. She will be forced to listen to this podcast. But she's Highlands. <laughs> yeah. Sister. yeah. <laughs> Hi, <Brie. laughs> she's also the one who forced me. Not forced me, but like got me really into John Green. Mm-hmm. And I remember because um oh. 
an abundance of Catherines. Yes, I love that mm-hmm. one. There's a character named Lindsay in it. Yeah. And I remember I was I, I was like He 13. wrote about me. <laughs> I, I was so excited. Like I I I have a basic name. Like it's not mm-hmm. like a niche <laughs> name, but I was so excited for the representation <laughs> of Lindsay's everywhere. Right. I was like, wow. A win for the Lindsay's of the world. Yeah. I can still remember imagine seeing if my your science name, class seeing it. Oh my god. I was yeah. saying, imagine if your name was Catherine and had a whole Please. book named after you. Yeah. <laughs> but then there's so many of them. I'm like, I'm not unique. Yeah. There's so many. <laughs> there's an abundance. <laughs> great coming of age books i will say like it's definitely like it's it's not gonna be like life-changing unless you're really Mm -hmm. connected to like the topic of the book but i will say i i think there's something i look back and actually hank and john green their podcast is one of the first podcasts i've ever listened to really they have a really cool podcast they take questions from listeners and like you know how hank green is known for like knowing anything you could ever want to know yeah just some of the stuff he says i'm like wow hank green is on this campus I was going to say. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> said, what? I felt like he was coming to visit or something. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, how was I not made of Lindsay's <laughs> reaction was, I wish I recorded it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I actually on film. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> well, our friend Sean, um, Sean Schmoyer, shout out. We love you, Sean. Everyone's um, getting a shout out on this podcast. <laughs> he, he's like a lookalike to so many like, like, different twins. Things. Yeah. He looks like Hank Green so much. It's not even funny. He also like carries himself Same like Hank yeah. Green. Like he Man, talks like Hank Green. He does. Just like knows everything. Like he's very intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, yeah. So was so excited. I really really thought because we've got a lot of really cool people. We have like who do we have coming? Um, Um, Margaret Margaret Atwood is coming. She wrote The Handmaid's Tale. Mm -hmm. I have to Uh actually. We're going with my women and gender studies class, and we're reading the whole book. I'm very excited. Yeah, I I already paid for that already. I'm so excited. I did too. See See everybody there. You guys there? There you go. In the crowd. Yeah, we're like we'd be on our podcast. Yeah. That'd be awesome. But I haven't, I read The Handmaid's Tale in high school and I'm going to be honest with you, I, I remember like 2% of it. I'm so reading I'm it. Like, yeah, I have to read it for this class. I've never had interest in reading it, but it's like something right up my alley. I like read the summary and I was like, oh, I didn't even know what it was about. I just knew it was a, like a TV show. And so I was like, okay. Yeah, like I never knew about, um. oh my goodness, The Scarlet Letter A. What's the... Uh, um... Isn't there a different name for that? No, is it just the Scarlet Letter? Oh, the Scarlet Letter. I think yeah, you're right. I think right? Or Scarlet Letter A. Scarlet Letters. <laughs> yeah, but I remember, like, I, I always, it's like one of those things where you always kind of thought you knew what it meant, and then yeah, you finally read it for yeah, something, and, like, and you're like, oh, oh yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> Never saw <laughs> that coming. Yeah, that's like, there's like a lot of things, like, like how I said, like, I actually still haven't read the Harry Potter series. Me either. Yeah, and it's... Besties. I know, I gotta get on that. But also, I have a fear of, like, being late to things. Yeah. See, like, the reason I read it so late, I didn't read it until I got to high school, and it was because I, a main, like, majority of the reading I did when I was little, I took books out of the library. Like, I used to take trips with my mom to the library to get books. That's so cute. And forever, when I was in middle school and elementary school, they, they like, the Harry out. Potter books were just forever checked out, like, yeah. years in advance. So... <laughs> I was like, it's fine, whatever. I think I read what I read. I read the second one because it was like available, and I was like, sure, whatever. I'll read it, but it made no sense because mm-hmm. I didn't get it. And then I got the box set for Christmas, like in 2017. And I read them. It took me like six months to read the whole series, um, but I read them all. And then I watched all the movies in order. But I, I felt bad being late, but I also have that rule, like I told Hannah on our podcast, like I won't watch a movie unless I read the book. So I respect that. I will never I did be it you, for but everything. I it. So like Twilight, I didn't watch until last year, mm-hmm. two years ago now. Oh, that's crazy. Um, because I didn't read the books until over quarantine. And I was like, well, now I can watch the movies. That's commitment. Brain. Yeah, I know. And honestly, I don't know where it came from, but I do it all the time. So, yo, see, you <laughs> saying that, I really am. I'm hoping the future of libraries stays intact. I know a lot of libraries are going I will more save digital. Them. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, like the, just like 
I keep talking about my sister. My sister works for a library. Actually, as I remember <laughs> saying that, it's very on brand for her. But <laughs> I just, I really, I don't know. Just there's something about it that, like, I haven't checked out a book from a library in probably years. Yeah. But it's one of those things where I'm like, I might not be contributing to this societal. Like, yeah. But I wanted to stay. I was stay there. <laughs> my first again pre-COVID. I. I didn't start really buying books until the pandemic started because I had no books to read at home. And I was like, now nah, I have all this time. What's that what am I going to do? Right. Um, but I literally, when I got on campus, because I used to get all my books from like the library, either at my high school or like our public library. And I didn't feel like buying books, you know, real college student. I literally, right. not even kidding you, if you look at my lanyard this very second, I have an actual library card to the library oh. that's down the street. I don't remember. I never know how I'll to say it. Out. Yes. Yeah. I literally walked in there one day just because I wanted to read books when I was here. And I got a whole library card. And I still have it. I don't I haven't used it since COVID started. But, yeah. That's but. so dope. And see, it's so mm. funny. I wanted to know um, in our conversation earlier how you were talking about the AR reading. Oh, my God. That is such a, like, distinct memory I have. of like, I didn't know anybody else did that. Same. I thought it was mm. Well, actually, funny enough, my grade school, we had triplets in our grade. Their grandparents created the AR. <gasps> no way. Yep. Can I meet them? <laughs> we had, I want their autograph. At my school, we had, we called it ARM because it was AR. And then we also had AM, which is like accelerated math, which I hated. Oh, no. <laughs> it was terrible. But I like would bomb the math. It would take me forever to get past the math stuff. But I was always like the first one in my class to have all the AR points. And I get the little star and everything. And it was so much fun. That like taught me from a young age how to like seek validation. Yeah. Yeah. But also, (laughs) but also that starts like we were talking about how, you know, you read a book and you like take a test on it. So I was reading these books for fun, but I was Mm -hmm. still getting stuff. I was still doing it for a reason because I still take a quiz on it to get the points. So I started when I was like, what, third grade? It's like dangerous now because yeah. that's exactly how we got to this point now. Where yeah, it's, like, it's hard for us. to Did focus you guys do this that. thing um, at my school? We did this thing called Battle of the Books. No. no. <gasps> okay. Basically, in sixth and seventh grade, we would get we would make teams, and there was a like a list of books we would have to read, and you had a certain amount of time. So it was like over the whole year. And in April, there's a competition, and all of the grades. So there's like one group from you would compete against the groups in your grade, and then if you won, you'd go and like compete against the fifth, sixth, and seventh, and eighth graders, mm-hmm. whatever grade you were in. And you would split up the books and like you'd know, kind of like memorize it and like know all the information. And then they would, you'd be on a stage, kind of like a spelling bee, and they'd ask you a question and you'd have to like name the book and the author. And my seventh grade year, I think, we won like the whole thing for our, for our, our county or whatever it was. And it was like, we got a little plaque. It's in my, in my elementary school and middle school library. It has all of our names on it. It was like my prize, because like you guys read these books for fun. It was really cool. But it was like a whole thing where you got to like, it was a whole thing that at my school. That is so prestigious. If my school had it was award, for- I would take so much pride in that. <laughs> yeah. It was like, it means nothing now. I can't be like, wow, guys, I won Battle of the Books in seventh grade. Put that on your resume. resume. I was yeah. Say. But it, was, it was so fun because like, I read a lot of books that like, I never would have read otherwise. And you got to like, kind of hang out and like do it with your friends. It's like a, a mini book club, but like for, for right. like, competition. It was so cool. I don't know why we did it, but it was like fun. I enjoyed it. See, now when I would be mesmerized, like, do you know like how you would take the test to see what year of reading level you were? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm curious now. Like I used to score like I'd score higher than what year I was each time, but Me it too. would always get mixed up. Like I never knew what year I would be yeah. based on the test. But now I'm like, I wonder if I took one of those tests now. If, if it'd I'd be, be lower. like illiterate. Maybe <laughs> 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 like third grade. <laughs> like I do this so much now for like yeah. my literal yeah. career. And I, I'm still scared. I'm the yeah. same. I remember I had like a distinct memory of we used to do. I don't know how you guys did it in school, but when we did those tests, the teacher would pull us out and we had to like read a part of like a book we were reading and like they would oh, test us on comprehension. That was so embarrassing. And yeah, it was embarrassing. But yeah, I remember yeah, the one of them in fourth grade, I did it 
And the teacher that was testing me was like, you are reading way below your reading level. And I was like, okay. And I was in fourth grade. She told me I was supposed to be reading on eighth grade, like freshman level. Look at you now. And I was like, what the heck? Again, I was like, what book am I supposed to read on eighth grade level? I have no idea what it was. But um, I... That's, like, one I remember so much, and that's kind of when I was like, okay, I guess I'm, like, underestimating myself, which I still do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was kind of where I was like, wow, I guess I should be, like, yeah, see, stepping the, the game up, I guess. But they always have flaws in these systems, but I know. also, I'm still scared for the next generation with everything going digital. Mm-hmm. Like, um, our friend Maddie was talking about how the SATs are now, <gasps> might, yeah, online. might be going completely online in the coming what? years. and I just, But the SATs are kind of stupid anyway. Yeah, to be fair, I don't think the SATs are a true They're not necessarily, yeah, anyhow. No. But I, I hate that. Like, I, yeah, there's I a lot of standardized testing that I don't necessarily agree with because I think everybody also learns at different, different levels. Yeah. And, and I'm a terrible for, like, me personally, I'm a terrible test taker. Oh, I get so anxiety. The, yeah, me too. So, so, like, my grades on an exam does not show how much I know. Like, I'd rather write a paper on it and then you 100%. know I get it. But and that doesn't. also, like, we've been taught how to finesse the system and how True. to get a good grade. Preach. Yeah, like, you're right. Yeah, you're right. right. Like, sometimes I find myself on tests not, fi- like, Sometimes I have to remember to just think instead mm-hmm. of worry about what the best answer possible. Like, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes it's more simple than you think because you're yeah. making it up in your head. Mm-hmm. You're so worried about the grade. I agree. I could talk about that for ages, too, how we're taught <laughs> to, like, seek, like, validation and it's intelligence true. through grades. Yeah. When I'm not going to lie to you, some of the smartest people I've known, too, struggle with, yeah. like, academic say, learning. I say, Lindsay, we talk about it all the time. Like, Lindsay and I will see each other, like, around finals. And we'll be like, oh, my God, we're struggling so bad. And I was like, I don't want to do this. And then Lindsay and I will be like, well, I still have to get A's on my finals because yeah. we thrive off academic validation. <laughs> so we'll cry, but we'll get the grades anyway. No, and that's same. so bad. But, like, no, but like, I can't give it up because I'm also, especially now, like, mm-hmm. in my final semester, I'm like, well, not that anybody's really going to be looking at it. But I was like, it's my last one. I can't just not do, like, I can't not try. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's so silly. Like, nobody's going to care what my GPA was when I get yeah. a job. And it's, <laughs> so like, like, it's very prevalent for us, you guys, especially now. Like, yeah. we're, we're going to be going into work fields one day where the validation will look different. Like, mm-hmm. it won't mm-hmm. necessarily be academic. Like, you'll get validation from your higher-ups or your boss. But that won't necessarily be there. And you have to learn how to be – like, I feel like my biggest intelligence comes out in, like, conversations with my friends. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's when I'm – I love just conversations with people, period. <laughs> I feel like so. that's how I learned so much. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Just this podcast has been, I say this is the second podcast. <laughs> just <laughs> phenomenal. The second episode. <laughs> and like, you guys are really setting the bar high. No, but, but this was just, this was phenomenal getting to talk to you two about this because I already have so much respect for you guys as my friends and intelligent people, you know, and this was so nice to hear you guys talk about something you're so passionate about. Mm-hmm. So I want to thank you two for joining me so much. This thank you for so having fun. us. I could do this forever. So, so Lindsay could give me a random topic and I would talk about it for you. So <laughs> you have like, we're going to talk about the Amazon rainforest today. And we're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts on Google capitalism? Yeah, like, let me start the Google Doc. I'll be here. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, if there's anybody listening to this and you're interested in joining the book club that has been started, you can contact Lauren Waltz or Victoria Yother. I will put their contact info on the Spotify playlist. Um, and with that being said, I think we would like to end this by encouraging everyone, get out there, read, read. go watch go to a, a library. Movie. Yeah. Get some coffee, sit outside and it gets warm. Yeah. And a hammock. Yes. 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 <laughs> it's a big proponent for the hammock yes, over here. Sure. <laughs> And just find time for yourself for mm-hmm. things that make you happy. You know, get some reading in. Yeah, we all have school isn't things. everything. <gasps> I say at school. Not closing <laughs> a Wilkes school radio station. <laughs> closing a Wilkes podcast you know like that. <laughs> we kept it upbeat most. Of the we time. did. So we you did. Know what? We'll, we'll Let the truth come out at the last second. <laughs> <laughs> Let it slip. It. See ya.
<laughs> Yo, but as always, you are listening to 90.7 WCLH, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, Hazleton. Ladies, would you mind joining me in saying, don't forget to keep, keep it, it locked. locked. <laughs>